Warning! The following podcast may contain language and subject matter not suitable for all ages or everyone. If you don't like what you're listening to, please press stop. In this episode of the Tang Warner Podcast. What do you think English schools are looking for most in teachers in 2017? I know it's changed throughout my years here. And uh, originally, you know, a lot of schools were just kind of looking for... It's a pretty good website, like you get a lot of good like PowerPoints and stuff or games or something and like they they also have like a thread that's like on the home page. It comes up every once in a while and it says uh, what's the strangest story you heard about the the teacher who is you know, who is who you kind of took over. Oh, I have a dictation class where I do voices like yeah. voice. And it's always like a southern lady. But it does take uh-huh. it does take more time. But yeah, I just don't like using CDs as much as I can avoid it, I do. So we're going to do our tips and tricks for controlling a classroom, or or kind of our own ways of managing a class or keeping things under control when we teach English here in South Korea. So this is our tips and tricks. You're tuned in to the Chang Warner, the podcast coming to you from Chang Wan City, South Korea, with your hosts, Scott, Adam, and Bill. It's the Chang Warner podcast, the podcast that brings you some of the lives of people living and working right here in South Korea and in Chang Wan City in particular. Once again, I'm Scott. For those of you listening out there and sitting across from me today is Mr. Phil. Phil, how's it going? Happy as always. And sitting beside him is Adam. Adam, how's things? Good, thank you. And this week we're going to talk a little bit about teaching in Korea, which is, you know, that's probably what most foreigners are doing here, outside of maybe military, few engineers. But most people living here are probably teaching English. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And later on, we're going to get into some tips and tricks that we might have in terms of uh, controlling a classroom here in Korea. But before we get into things, I'd like to uh, remind people that we're going to be doing an episode coming up in the future where we're going to answer listeners' questions. So if you have any questions or comments or anything you'd like to ask any of us on an upcoming show, please email your questions to podcast at com. And we're also going to be launching, I think, a couple apps for the show. So one on Google Play and one on iTunes. iTunes. App Store. All right, so let's get into uh, a little bit about teaching here in South Korea. We're all teachers sitting here. You know, I've been doing it for quite a while. We've all probably, there's well over 20 years of teaching here sitting at the table. I'd say 25 years or more. I got five. I got on and off about 10. Jeez. And 16 for me, so. I'm the, I'm a, I'm the baby of the bunch. So we'll say around 30 years of teaching, on and off, like you said. It's pretty impressive. Don't do it every day, but. So uh, let's start off with what do you think English schools are looking for most in teachers in 2017? I know it's changed throughout my years here. Mm-hmm. And uh, originally, you know, a lot of schools were just kind of looking for, no offense to anybody out there, but like a white face yeah. to show up in class. But it has changed over the years. 
I've actually been uh, turned down from a job because I wasn't white enough. Really? Yeah. Like uh, I was interviewing and I hadn't met the the, uh, the owner. And so I exchanged my cow-cow or cacao mm-hmm. uh, information and she saw my picture and she's like, are you, are you Asian? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm Korean American. She's like, we only want, you know, foreign looking people. So it was kind of a, I don't know. I felt betrayed, you know, my people. Yeah. That's, me. that's really low, man. Yeah. But it, it's, it's not, it's I don't not know if it's low. Words. It is. It's just business. Yeah. I have a different opinion when it comes to, uh, business and race and all whatever gender and all the shit that's going on back in the states or back home as far as uh what they call it like equality Mm -hmm. i have my own opinion about that yeah because i think any business or company or whatever should be allowed to hire whoever the hell they want yeah you make a fair point there have you seen like some schools actually they advertise only for female teachers they don't want yeah, that's and, that's common with kindergarten schools here. Yeah, yeah. I've seen ads where they specifically ask for Canadians because of the chance of them not being. I mean, I'm not sure, but the chance of them being ethnically diverse. Is, oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. It's it's one of those like tongue and tongue and cheek kind of moves. See, my opinion is anybody that has a business should be able to hire whoever they want. You know, regardless of their own thoughts or whatever. And then, you know, if they don't hire the best person for the job, regardless of gender or race or, you know, that's their own problem. Yeah. You know, if if they just hire the best person they think for the job, things would probably work out better than, you know, if I, I didn't hire somebody because they're female. Yeah. Yeah. Even though that person it might be the best person for the job, it's going to hurt that business. Yeah. So... Well, aside from uh, race or gender, I'd say like they're looking for someone who's good with kids, someone who's friendly, someone who's, uh, you know, not yeah. much of an introvert, you know? There's not really much way of t- being able to tell that either, though. That's true. <clears throat> but uh, that's why they do a lot of Skype interviews these days, because they want to yeah, see. These days with Skype, you, you can do interviews. I never had an interview, you know, when I came here. I was just basically applied for a job. I believe it was through a recruiter, and it was just like, all right, we got a job, and I flew here. Mm. I didn't meet or talk to the person that owned the hagwon before I came, or the teacher that worked there. Or I just kind of uh, got the job. And at my previous school, I was like a head, the head teacher. I did all the hiring. I didn't really teach much, actually. Really? Yeah. I might have had four classes a week. Did you ever have to fire someone? Uh, Yeah. Why? Uh, because they didn't want to go home with me one night. <laughs> Scott's getting real. <laughs> Scott at night. Or during the day. Or in the classroom. But uh, I did have to let some people go. I've, you know, I've hired teachers. I've had a lot of weird people come. Yeah. I've had, uh, you know, a couple that came. Obviously, no, yeah, after I did. Yeah. Uh. But, uh, I want to hear more about the weird people. What's going on with the weird people? The weird people? people, I'm not going to give their names, but they were strange. Like, they came, not that came, with an E on the end. Hmm. And uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, they, they, they showed up, and this was a kindergarten school. Yeah. Right. So their first class was like, a, I would say, 
four or five year olds, so we're looking at three or four year olds back home. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't really speak Korean. And uh, I had to sit in the class and watch. And, you know, obviously, I explained to them what they should be doing and stuff. Yeah. And the, f- the girl walked in, and, she- and the first thing she was like, who watched Korean MTV last night? I'm just sitting there in the back of the class kind of laughing, you know what I mean? Yeah. These are babies. They don't watch TV. These kids are like, what the fuck is MTV? <laughs> No, your audience. <laughs> they weren't even. They weren't even paying attention. I don't think. But these people were very strange. They wanted, like, they would go to Home Plus to buy detergent and stuff like that, and they would keep all the receipts and expect the school to pay for their taxi. Oh and, man! Like cover all that kind of thing. But uh, it was also a period of time. I mean, people w- didn't schools didn't want to hire if you were overweight. Okay. During certain times, I don't know how it is now, but it was always, yeah, a white face, not overweight, because they believed if you're overweight, you can be animated enough in class or move, okay. move your arms yeah. in a certain way. You guys you guys ever go on org? Not not recently. It's a pretty good website. Like you get a lot of good like PowerPoints and stuff or games or something. And like they they also have like a thread that's like... On the homepage, it comes up every once in a while, and it says, uh, "What's the strangest story you heard about the, the teacher who was, you know, who was who you kind of took over mm-hmm. from?" And there's some really good stories where they'll like they'll be like, "Yeah, I showed up, and you know, they told me this guy was a bit of a loner, and like one day they had like a track and field day, and I guess this guy went into the school bathroom and like painted his face like a skeleton and came out, and it wasn't even Halloween or anything. <laughs> like just a total weirdo. Scott, you know? didn't you do that? It sounds like you. Uh, the loner who paints not the, this week. But. <laughs> the loner who paints a skull on his face. Yeah. <laughs> there are some day. strange ones though. You yeah. know, like you go out to any pub anywhere, and like not even Chengwan, even up in Seoul or Busan, and. You meet some people where it's just like, wow, like, what are you, are you running away from something? Like, what's going on here? That is one thing about coming here, though. I think it is a good thing and recommend for people. People can come here and kind of not start over, but start a new life. That's true. I know a lot of people here in the past and probably now that they can come here and kind of ease more easily fit in to a community. Yeah. Than they would back home, like they if have that not social and stuff back home. Kind of reinvent yourself. Oh yeah, they have that benefit of anonymity. You know, like nobody knows them. Yeah, if you're like a let's say I don't know what the term, like a nerd or not social back home or socially awkward, maybe maybe some things in life not to the extreme. I'm not talking about crime or anything like that, but they can come here and reinvent themselves. Yeah, yeah. this is a way of saying it. That's true. Yeah. So each of us have been teaching here for a while, and, you know, we've taught at, actually, at sitting at the table right now, you know, I teach at a hogwan, you teach at a public school, you teach on a Navy base, so it's all different types of classes, like, you've got a shitload of kids, I, I don't have that many, and you have adults. Well, I also teach a kids camp in the summer and the winter, so twice a year we, we How big kids. are those? It, it, I think it's around 40 students between three Holy. teachers. That's a lot, man. So, Yeah, so I wanted to get into class sizes in terms of usually Hagwan's classes range from 
could be two kids to 12. 12 is usually the largest that you probably find in a hogwan. A hogwan being academy or like a private English school, where public schools usually get more kids in class. So yeah, like I'd say uh, on average it's between 25 and 30 kids. Which is different, obviously, than, you know. Most of my class sizes, uh, I would say, are between four or eight. Really? I've, I've, with I've, adults? Yes, with the adults. Um, I teach a night class once a week, which we could get 20 students. Um, but I always feel like those are more like lecture classes, whereas my regular courses are one-on-one kind of intensive classes. And it's more intimate. You get to know them and... They actually break out of their shell. You know, they're very shy the first the first week. But once you start joking around with them, they get more animated. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's one major benefit, I'd say, for one-on-one with Korean students. is Because uh, if they have, like, peers around them, they're very self-conscious. They don't want to look like an idiot. You know, like, they're very, very shy. But if it's one-on-one and you warm up to them... They, yeah, like you said, like they break out of their shell. And there's definitely a hierarchy because of the military. There's higher ranking people than others. Some people are higher ranked, but they're younger. So it's weird. Like we try to pick a classroom leader mm. and we always try to pick someone who is both high ranking and kind of older and more mature to keep an eye on everyone. So usually if you're an older, older gentleman, like myself, yeah. Your their their language or their ability to speak English is lower, so they're more reserved. They don't want to make a mistake in front of everyone, and then the younger people don't want to talk over the older person because of the uh, the Korean system. So yeah, I remember when they usually I, don't participate as much. When I taught the uh, the Korean Navy in Jinhae, it was always classes kind of varied. You know if. There was a, like, I don't know his rank, but he was like commander. And he, for some reason, he was, you know, fond of me, not in any weird way. Damn. He wanted to see the trouser snake. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, some, something like that. He didn't come up to your house? He was uh, a lot, you know, he was older and he was pretty high up in terms of Korea and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever commander or whatever it was. But when he showed up to class, a lot more students showed up because they kind of had to. Yeah. You know, mm. just just to show. But on general, with adults, it's more like, all right, if they want to show up, they do. They don't. It depends on if somebody higher up in rank was there. Yeah, I've seen that That they before. would have to show up if yeah. they're doing their military service like the younger guys. It's kind of funny because in the military, show up. there's so many, you know, Kim is a very common name, so they... Oh, Lieutenant Kim. Like, okay, your name is? Oh, I'm Lieutenant Kim. So you get a classroom of like 15 Lieutenant Kims. Yeah. We have to give them new names. The only the only thing I had, you know, as you know, like I've taught both Hogwan and public. And I did like Hogwans for some reasons. I mean, first of all, you like usually you start in the afternoon or maybe like late morning. Mm-hmm. But there was one thing I really hated, and that was my Hogwan director, he would put he put me in an evening class with let's say six or eight students and three of them would be like advanced and another three would be, you know, maybe intermediate or upper intermediate. And then two would be total beginners. So you get like a salad and it's just like you want everyone to talk, but these beginners, they get so 
far behind. They yeah, and they just get intimidated. They're just like, well, I don't I don't know like how to talk to you guys. Yeah, yeah with hogwans, it's more business too, though, right? So yeah. exactly, it's, it's keeping students, not losing them, and it's more based on age, I'd say, than skill wise or level or anything like that. But you teach in a public school now, so you said you can have anywhere from twenty five to thirty kids. Yeah. So you have a Korean teacher in the class with you, or yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's most times, but sometimes most I don't. Times. Yeah, I'm usually the only teacher in the classroom. Yeah. So yeah, with, I would say with adults, it's usually. I don't. I don't. I don't really like the the co teacher in the classroom with me. Yeah, I've never had that. I've had it attempted. Yeah. I had to kick him out. Yeah. But uh, not because I'm strange myself or doing anything I don't want people to see. I just, it's a total different. It cramps your style, right? Yeah. Well, I find with, you know, with kindergarten, I can see it. It can be an, an advantage of having a Korean teacher. But every class in Korea, regardless of adult to child to whatever, it is different between a Korean teacher and a foreign teacher. How yeah how the students react or interact in class. Yeah. Especially, like, I teach elementary school kids and middle school mostly, and they're all different in my class to every other teacher in the class or in the school. And I've found in the past, like, big classes with 30 kids or something like that, you're not really teaching. You're more... Entertaining? Not entertaining either because a lot of it is just playing a CD or... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't use CDs in my class as much as I possibly can because I don't like it. You know, why do you need me if you're just playing a CD? Yeah. yeah. And it's, a, it's like the uh, the day the teacher brings in the video, the projector, and you're just, just watching movies. Right. I do, do me here? I do do use it do in do. terms of if it's a listening class with conversation, like mm-hmm. a, a boy-girl conversation, because reading a conversation is a bit shit when it's, you know, but between two people, one's female, one's male. Oh, I have a dictation class where I do voices, like yeah. a female voice. And it's always like a southern lady. Like, but it does take honey. it does take more time. But yeah, I just don't like using CDs as much as I can avoid it, I do. I uh I have to, unfortunately. But that's the public school system. Though. Yeah, yeah, but like I try to, I try to spice it up a bit sometimes. You know, like sometimes, like each student has a number, so sometimes I'll pull out like random numbers. I'll be like, student number fourteen, stand up, and they'll stand up, and I'll try to practice, you know, the target language with them. Student fourteen, stand up and punch student two in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, but like the kids, they get kind of excited because they're like, "Oh, I wonder if he's going to call me," and they get scared. Yeah, they don't want to do it. And some of the kids, you know, the, you know, the ones who outshine everyone else, they stand up very proudly, and you know, they know their shit, you know. But like some of the other guys, like you look at them and they don't know what the hell you're talking about, and you're like, "All right, you need to study more. You need to practice more." So in regards to lessons, do you guys make your own lessons or do you have a curriculum that you have to stick to? Like how free are you to teach what you want? I have to teach um, two parts of a lesson mm-hmm. and the other, the other two parts are assigned to the Korean teacher. Mm-hmm. And uh, mine are focusing on speaking and listening. And yeah, I have to stick to the book, but at the same time I can also make PowerPoints to introduce like the target language and... 
Public school is a bit weird too, though, in terms of like, let's say if you're teaching elementary, is it mostly elementary that you do? Yeah, I started off doing half elementary, half middle school, but they, I guess they cut funding to middle school. So now I'm at only elementary schools. In the past, I don't know about now, but in the past, there's such a big jump from English and elementary school to middle school. But then a big difference between middle school and English and then high school English mm-hmm. in terms of difficulty, you know, like elementary school back a, f- a couple of years ago, a few years ago when there were, I don't remember what it was called, NEAT or something like that, mm-hmm. some some new program they're introducing in the neat. Korea. And the thing in public schools was like, you let, let, let's take Adam first and he'd be teaching classes, teaching pretty much like alphabet, like ABC, and 95% of your class is probably in a hogwan or has private lessons mm. in terms of English. And it's just kind of all extremely basic. And Yeah, it's a lot. It's, you know, it's very redundant. To most of the kids in the class, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, there's always the odd, you know, oddball in class, like I was type thing. But uh, most of the kids' level of English is a lot higher than what's being taught in a public school in elementary school. Mm. But then when they get to middle school, it's a huge jump in terms of testing. I'm not a fan of uh, testing. Like you have TOEFL, you have what's some of the other ones? TOEFL, TOEIC. TESOL. TESOL. ECL. And like TOEIC scores and stuff. It's important teaching adults. I don't know if Mm -hmm. the Navy has those tests, but when I taught, in the you know the navy and then in yeah they're co- encouraged to take it for company, promotion when i worked at stx like a company with adults every uh now you know now and then the entire employees would be tested on a TOEIC test mm. and you know depending on your test score would determine whether you stay with the company whether you move up I just want to interject here. If we have any Korean listeners, I tutored a friend of mine recently on the TOEIC speaking test, and he got accepted at an MBA program in the United States, and he just moved there. Humble brag. Yeah, it was a bit of a humble brag. I did a TOEIC test myself with employees and just realized this is kind of a joke. Not, yeah. not that it's easy. It was just it was poorly done. Uh, the tests were photocopied, mm-hmm. black and white. And I think there was at least 15 questions on there that, you know, what color is the, sh- is the sweater this person's wearing? It's black and white. It's a black and white picture. And I also think, you know, some people are <coughs> really intelligent but are not good at tests. Yeah. I kinda yeah I've, put, I've never I, been really good yeah, at Yeah, I kind of put myself in that category. But I, I know Koreans over the years that would, are really shit when it comes to TOEIC tests and don't do well on any kind of English test, but they're a hell of a lot better in communication. They can conversate, right? Right. Yeah. Just talking with them and hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. Their English is so much better than somebody that has a, a 920 on a TOEIC test because they're just, you know, it's kind of common in Korea. Kids, a lot of kids are the education system. Some kids are really good at testing really smart we we all have students that are like just rock through i mean i uh, i'm not gonna swear but i've got kids almost in every class that are 
you know, extremely smart, you know, the kids that you, you hand something out, and by the time you finish handing something out, there's always that one kid that's got it done, and they're just annoying, they just rock through everything, and oh, yeah. teacher, what are we doing next? You ever see, you ever, just like, ah, oh, just relax. You ever get the kids who are, like, who are, like, not very well behaved, but they're like that? Like, uh, they're always, like, picking fights, or, you know... Like interrupting, yeah, there's, and there's, then yeah, you give them a worksheet and they just fly through it. You know, well, see, that's a good opportunity to help them um, by maybe pairing them up with a lower student, so they're kind of teaching. Yeah, that's a good student. point. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, that's, that's, I always try to find you know the highest and the lowest, and I try to pair them together because teaching something you actually learn more uh, than just yeah, for sure doing the test. That's what I do with those annoying smart asses in class. Yeah. Just if they're done, all right, help out. You know, yeah. X kid who's not very good. I mean, that's one thing in classes. It, it can get annoying. There's always the nerd who just rocks through things and, you know, is done your class in three minutes. And there's always the opposite kid who takes 10 minutes to write their name on a piece of paper or something yeah. like that. I find ways to keep them engaged. Uh, when I worked at Hogwarts, one of the problems I had was I was going through the material too quickly and, the, the director, she wanted me to slow down, and I've done yeah. that. You you spend an hour on two pages, and one page is a, you know some kind of fill in the blank, and it's done. And I hate that. I hate being micromanaged. You know, I want to. I want more control. So my job now, I helped develop the courses, and it, it I can go at my own pace. You know, but I only teach for three weeks. Well, you bring up you bring up a good point because like there there's a lot of after school programs at my public school. And from what I see, they just fly through the books. Yeah. You know, like, it's almost like they want to finish the books as quickly as they can so that they can get money to order more books. You know, like like Scott mentioned earlier, it's some of it's it's just, it's slanted towards, like, a business side. Right. Not an actual, are these kids learning kind of thing, you know? It can be difficult to, you know, like, oh, okay. Because uh, I had the opposite they didn't want the te- the parents to keep buying books because yeah. the parents were complaining that they'd have to buy a new book and I, I just I just hated teaching books, you know. So I would I would kind of just freestyle like different ideas, try to make it more interesting. So what do you like teaching both say Hogwan or let's say small classes and big classes, what do you prefer? Do you prefer would you prefer a class with like two or three students or a class with 30 kids or somewhere in between for me the optimal size around five or six people enough especially having having them do pair work uh it's just you know i I can spend time with each student whereas if i have a class of 30 people i barely get to know them and i feel like i'm lecturing the whole time which i think the best way to teach is to talk less like it's kind of weird like they're here to learn to speak a language i shouldn't be talking to them the whole time i know english teacher i know english so Maybe it was adults. Yeah. I uh, 100% agree with you, man. Like, it's got to be student-centered, not yeah. teacher-centered. You have to have them talking to each other. It, it's it's around 40-60s, like me talking 40% of the time, and they talk 60% of the time is the optimal time. So having a smaller class, you know, I always, I always I teach them interview questions of, of, on random topics just to get them, because conversation is mostly asking questions. People love talking about themselves. It's their... They're, you know, I think they know the most. 
And Adam, how about you? Well, you I'm going to say classes, small classes. Yeah, well, I'm going to say like if you want it to be more effective, obviously it's going to be a smaller class. But I've been doing this for five years almost teaching big classes, and I mean it all depends on the teacher. If you can get the students engaged, then you have an audience, you know, and they'll listen to you. And if you make it fun, which we're going to get into, I think later, but like if you make the classes fun, if you make it so that when you leave, the kids are like. That class was enjoyable. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to our next class, English class with Adam. You know, then that that spells it out for you. As long as the kids are engaged and as long as they take the material and they make use of it somehow. You know. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle. I like uh, I prefer my classes around ten students, ten to twelve. You know, smaller classes with two or three kids. They are kind of easy, but they're also you go through the material a lot faster than you would with, say, 10 kids. So I prefer classes around 10 to 12 students. And I also, again, it sounds weird, but said this, you know, a couple podcasts ago, I prefer the younger kids. You oh, I was going to bring this up. What Do you, do you think uh, girls or boys? Girls are definitely more studious and more mature at younger ages. Oh, I was going to say the same thing, man. Like my female students, they can like, they outshine the boys by a large margin. They're needed writers. They're studious. They're everything. But it's the reason why I don't want to have sons anymore is because of teaching. Oh yeah. I'd much prefer to have a smartest. The smartest girl student is the best student. And the smartest boy student is the most trouble. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird yeah. how the smart, a really smart boy in the class is usually the smart ass yeah. in the class. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Really intelligent kids are smart enough to know that they're messing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true, man. So, uh, that being said, though, like the I'd say the best English speaker in my school right now is a boy, and it's because I think it's because he watches a lot of American TV and he plays hockey and stuff. Like he's not he's not set in that. You Korean mean, you mean ice mold. hockey? Yeah, he plays ice hockey, yeah. And, I was uh, trying to get a rise out of Canadians because... I swear to God, like, whenever I talk to this kid, I'm blown away. Like, I'm like, I can't believe you can speak English this well. One day, I wrote the word family on the board. This is, like, a few years ago. And I was like, what's family? And he raises his hand. He was only in, like, grade three or four at the time. And he's like, anyone who's blood relation. And I was like, how the fuck did you know that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I've, had, I've had to teach one student uh, when I was working at the Hogwan. It was pretty much just me and him and he was insufferable he'd always say that he has a high iq and all this stuff so we were playing you know what i call you know playing out the clock yeah. so i get to go home it's my last class of the day and he's the worst and so we're playing hangman and the word i, I had in mind was dangerous and like he got it immediately so i the last letter i changed it from an o to a b and made it danger bus and he got so mad <laughs> Oh, because really? You knew I was messing with him, but yeah, the last second. So danger bus is now a word. What's some of the strangest things you've seen in the classroom? Whether it's, you know, just flat out weird or some of the things that impressed you the most with a student, like you just talked about kind of, you know, this kid sticking out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've, ne- I've never seen anything really too strange. Like I've, I've had to break up a few fights and whatnot, but I mean, that happens in any classroom, right? Um, yeah, that's funny you mentioned that. I used to work at a kindergarten a long time ago, and this girl showed up from the States, and she goes, so 
so what do I expect from this? And I was like, no, no, it's, it's easy. It's a really, it's a cake job, you know, like you just go in and you do the material and whatnot. And then I came back cause I was teaching at the branch school that day and I came back to Changwon and I was like, so how was your first day? And she's like, one of the kids reached into his pants and smeared shit all over the wall. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Ruthless. Yeah. We had a, he's trying to get out of a guilty plea by pleading insanity. We had a student at a school worked at that apparently did that. I didn't see it, but she would crave frequently smear shit everywhere in really? school under the desk on Jeez the walls. Louise. You guys are in the hardcore. Area. But that's not my weirdest story. Uh, but anyway, Phil, do you have any? I have a couple. Um, actually, I, I do miss teaching kids. Sometimes I learned a lot of Korean. Especially learning curse words is really crucial your first couple years because you'll hear someone say like, ah, Shiba, and like you can just crack down on it because I was, they always assume that I speak Korean, but I don't really, but I know enough that like I can crack down if like one kid was playing Monopoly and he said, Chipa, which is 18, give me yeah, 18, yeah. and yeah. I got mad at him and he said, teacher, what? I just said 18. I was like, ah, oh, my bad. You ever but, have kids say the F word to you though? Oh yeah. They do it all the time. Yeah. Um, but one one instance, uh, we had I had two students. They were kind of friends, but they always messed with each other. You know, just joking around. One kid picked his nose and just had the biggest booger, and he wiped it on his friend's phone. Oh! And like you just see this big smear, and I was just so horrified. Like that was so evil. Because what are you gonna do about that? You know. I had a kid one time. He looked at me. I'm not gonna say it, but he said, you know, like a, an epithet related to the gay community he said f u f f word you know f f and f you know and i looked at him bundle of sticks i looked at him and i said and i just said what and he was like he said it again and i said i don't i don't understand what you're saying and i knew it exactly what he was saying but i didn't want to give him the satisfaction and i didn't want him to know like like that angers people so he just kind of looked at me confusedly and I, i was like oh i handed that I handled that pretty well. Yeah. You know. So the weirdest thing I ever saw in a classroom, I was teaching kindergarten. And I think Paul could attest to this because he might have been in the class too. We worked together at one point. Yeah. So I had a kindergarten class and uh, there was one boy in the class. He was, you know, not a kind of a class clown, but we're talking about like five-year-old kids. Yeah. And when you're teaching that, you're pretty much babysitting. Basically, you're not really, I mean, a lot of these kids really don't speak Korean, let alone trying to speak English. So I walked in one day and uh, just taking attendance, you know, checking who's there, who's not. And there's like five kids missing. And it was like, oh, you know, where's uh, so-and-so, the boy's name? And kids were just kind of giggling and stuff. And then I looked under the table. They're like big round tables. Yeah. That, uh, you know the kids can sit around type thing in kindergarten i looked under the table and the boy was lying under this table and he had his both his hands behind his head like this mm. and just a big smile on his face grinning and his pants were down and three of the girls in the class were flicking his wiener oh no <laughs> whoa that's so bizarre, man. <laughs> it's bizarre, yeah. What do you do? What do you do in that situation? I don't remember. I yeah. just kind of laughed and like, well, what can you do? Just like, hey, 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 I need, yeah. I need an adult. Don't, I need another. Don't, don't be. Doing I need another that. Korean yeah. teacher. Don't be doing that. Yeah, you got that. another 15, 20 years before you'd be doing that. Man. It was kind of funny. I mean, it was nothing sexual or anything like that. It was just, yeah. You know, just it was strange. <laughs> so when I say the strangest thing, Percy. <laughs> 
but uh, it, it, I like it, how it, he had it, a big. It was funny. I like how he had a big smile on his face. Like, look yeah. at this. Yeah, just grinning. But uh, is that too strange? I need some ear bleach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disturbed beyond. No, it's fine. Uh, they're little little kids just screwing around. You know what I mean? But it was just funny being like, I didn't know where f- four of these kids were in the class when I looked under the table. That's what I saw. Yeah. But yeah. Did you? notify any parents about this or did you just let it slide I got a Korean teacher okay how they deal with it it's not my problem do you know what I mean I don't notify parents I'm not gonna know I doubt the parents were notified what for uh, so how do you how do you discipline students if there's any unruly behavior well let's uh let's get into that we're gonna do our tips and tricks in terms of let's say controlling a class or you know, may help things that we do that help make uh, classes go a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. Triple T time! It's the Tongue Wanna's tips, tricks, and techniques to living and working a happier life in Korea. All right, so this is our tips and tricks for controlling our classroom or a couple ways each how we manage our class and keep things under control and make the whatever 40 minutes, 50 minutes kind of fly by without any major problems happening yeah so let's start with that uh phil phil ah phil ah phil so uh teaching teaching adults is kind of kind of tricky most of my students are older than me uh so sometimes on the first day of classes i'll walk in just take a seat with them kind of confuses them and they're like oh wait i'm the teacher and they're like ah it's hilarious (laughs) but it's not really it's only for me um i actually had an incident this week my uh, co-teacher was complaining about the students. There were three Marine guys, you know, pretty big guys. And they've, they've been late for her class constantly. So, you know, she was really upset about it. She doesn't like to discipline students. So I was like, I'll, I'll take care of it. So what I did was I walked in because I had the class right after her. So I walked in during their break and I told it was a seven, group of seven students, uh, three Marines, uh, two civilian workers, the Coast Guard. And so I told all the other students to leave, but the three Marines just sit in class you know i was just calm which freaks them out like if you're angry and you're calm about it it really freaks them out so i sent all the other uh, students you know pack up your stuff go in the other room and just wait for me and i stood there for almost a minute in silence and they get really nervous like teacher you're making us nervous like why why are you nervous you know and like oh we're so sorry like what are you sorry for oh we were we were late from lunch I'm like yeah do you know what time our class starts and so they're like, they're apologizing. They're telling me I'm so handsome. And it's like, listen, you guys are in the military. You know what time to be in class. Please be early. Yeah, you got to be punctual, right? Yeah, I, I hate I hate when people are late or disruptive. So I told them to wait in this class. And then whenever you're ready, come join everyone else. And I walked out. And so being calm, I think, is the best approach. Uh, I, I used to lose my cool a lot with students. But now I think separating them from their peers is the best way like I've had, I've had a student throw a pencil case at me when I was teaching at a hog one. I was teaching kids, and they he threw a pencil case at me, and like I matrix style dodged it, and it just hit the hit the wall behind me. I looked at him, and I, it was just because I gave him homework, which was my job to give them homework. So I told the student to get up and just go outside and wait. He's like, no, 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 no. And so I opened the door and waited. I didn't teach until he left, and I kept him outside, and I could just see him crying. Like, you know, if you lose your cool, then they win. Just, you know, be calm about it. Um, when I was a student, I was always, you know, the, the class clown joking. And so I can you immediately 
find the student who's going to be the trouble and you engage that student the most, you joke around with them. And I think it makes things a lot smoother whenever you're trying to teach, you know, if they're being disruptive. So you can do the whole disappointed, quiet look and it works with the adults. Yeah, because, you know, actually the worst students I ever have are just students that sleep during class because they've been out drinking all night. So I usually just let it slide like, yeah, I've been there, bud. Just sleep it off. Come back whenever you're ready. All right. And any others? Mm, yeah, so just There'll be a difference between, let's say, you mm-hmm. and our classes because yeah. you do teach adults. But I also teach the children. So, um, yeah, if, if someone's being disruptive, single them out uh, sometimes <laughs> for the kids. I make fun of that kid and then the other kids like call him, you know, names and stuff. And so I just have the whole class gang up on the, the troublemaker and that usually mm-hmm. quiets him down, spread rumors or that they poop their pants or something and they call him Fung Sage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And Adam, what are some of your tips and tricks for managing a class? All right. You, so you have bigger classes than all of us. So. Yeah. Um, well, I think the, the most important thing is to put your foot down. The first couple classes, you're going to run into kids who are troublemakers or who are not going to listen to you or they're going to try and disrupt your lesson. So you got to make it clear to them that that kind of behavior does not work with me. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of ways I go about this. Sometimes I take them to their homeroom teacher and I say, this kid is acting up and you have to discipline him. And uh, they're terrified of their homeroom teachers. So, you know, that's usually pretty effective. Another one I have is um, sometimes I just get them to stand up. Like I take their chair away from them. And so they have to stand for the rest of the lesson. Um, and, you know, it sounds kind of like pedestrian, but it actually it has worked for me in the past because it sucks standing through a 40 minute lesson. You know, when all of your peers are sitting there enjoying themselves. Uh, another one is I, I, I like to tie up my lessons with like a 10 minute game or so. And I'll either exclude them from the game or I will say there's no game today because of so-and-so. And that's when their peers look at him and they're like, I can't believe you did this. You know, like you ruined English class for us today. Yeah. And then they don't mess around after that. Just have them gang up on them. Yeah. And there's also, I mean, a lot of teachers do this. I don't do it myself, but I've heard it's pretty effective is a point system. So like if a class is well behaved in a certain amount of time, you can, you know, you can give them incentives. You can say, you know, at the end of the month, you guys are really good. So we're going to have like a, a cookie party or snack party. a snack party, you know, and they they eat that stuff up. You know, they, they really love Quite it. Quite literally. Yeah. All right. I have kind of similar ways. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. It's a big difference than when I first came to Korea. When I first came to Korea, my first school actually handed me this wooden spoon to hit kids with. Mm. Oh, man. And I was like, ah, I'm yeah. not too into that. Never, it's never, not my kink. Never, never used it, but this was a wooden shaped spoon thing that was carved literally to smack kids in the hands. But that's not the route I ever went down with, obviously. So Thank God you didn't. Yeah. Wow. I just thought it was weird. But yeah. I, I still held it in front okay. of the class because the kids knew what it was and they were scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's no way I'm smacking any kids around. Corporal punishment went away in our country, what, like but 60 it, years it ago was, or something? It was popular here in the yeah. early 2000s. I think it still I, is. I've seen principal type, you know. Oh, I think uh, it still is. I, I, I've seen, you know, principals punching kids in the face. Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen teachers like with a meter stick slapping kids in the ass you know like i was i was i was at one school and this kid you know dropped dropped the f-bomb the, the major one because he didn't you know he, he thought he'd get away with it and so i saw the the owner 
which was this older guy, really nice guy. He's walking by, and I was like, "Oh, could you could you come here for a second? And like, I was like, "Won't you just tell him what you said to me?" And like, he didn't say it. I was like, "Who here heard what he said?" And they all rose, you know, their hands their hands up. I'm like, "Tell him, like, whisper to him what he said." And the kid's face got white, and he, the director, the owner, grabbed the kid by the shirt and just took him out and didn't see him for the rest of the day. Oh man, yeah, he he got yeah. Another another thing I've done before. It's kind of risky, but it's always worked. Is the I, I bluff. So I'll uh, if someone's uh, acting up, I'll take their phone or whatever, find their parents' contacts, and copy their number to my phone, and like one more time, and I'm gonna call your father. Yeah. And so they like they just they they, they take it as as gold. Like just just bluffing that I would call because you know their their parents probably can't even speak English. But if you if you have to call their parents, they will freak out. I've done that, but I'm like I'm gonna bang your mom. <laughs> Call me father. Yeah. That works. That's weird because uh, in 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 all my classes, yeah. I'm literally I'm probably older than all my kids' parents, mm. and I've been in Korea longer than all my students. Mm. So it's a bit weird that way. Yeah. But uh, in my classes, one I don't allow phones in my class. I have a basket. All kids have to put their phones in the basket. Yeah. Which is not one of my tips and tricks. That's kind of uh, just the school I'm at it's policy. policy. But uh, one of my first tricks I actually learned from my current boss is whatever I planned out for the day. Like let's say I'm doing, I have to do page 54, 55, 56. And I might give 57, 58 for homework. In the beginning of class I go in and I write. 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, and a couple extra pages on the board. And the kids know whatever we don't finish is going to be homework. So we do a page in class. I erase it mm-hmm. once it's done. And if they get through, if you know, every page is done type thing, it's kind of manipulated. Like I know yeah. what I'm going to do. If it works, like man, it works though, right? Yeah. So we do a page, I erase it, and the kids are always happy yeah but they work their asses off in the beginning and want to get through it and want the page you done. must hear like so many sighs of relief too eh? like when you erase that shit they're probably just like oh god thank god so do you give out homework regularly i try not to yeah. I, I, I just, you just end up disappointed or someone copying and then they don't really like i usually it. don't because oh. i know that they're not really gonna do it for me yeah. you know compared to a korean teacher another thing i do i always write the kids names on the board Especially this really, this is really helpful for, uh, you know, new classes, new students. I, you know, I just kind of lay it out starting from, say, the right side. I write the kids' names on the boards and then I could always refer to it if I don't know the kids and know, okay, this is this kid's name. And I put three stars. And if a kid speaks Korean, I erase a star. If the kid does something good, they get a star. And uh, so, yeah, essentially like a point system, like right? a point system. Yeah. But by the end of the class, if they have at least three stars, they don't have homework type thing. So uh, like a point system, but it's also a way of getting to know the kids names and stuff like that. And then another thing, like you guys mentioned, I do sometimes kind of have the class self police itself, mm-hmm. whether it's pointing out a kid and all right, we're not doing this today because of so-and-so and the other kids. But not so much, you know, as an individual, I don't like to point out kids because it could cause trouble. So I'll be like, if somebody speaks Korean, you're writing this five times. 
as yeah. a class. Yeah. So if a kid does do it, it's like, all right. Oh man, I used to. I miss like when I was out of middle school. Like we were mentioned, we mentioned earlier, like how female students are a lot better. And I used to have these girls. And this is when I knew that I was a pretty good teacher is like they would stand up and they'd be like, everyone shut up, you know, like they'd be like, yeah, ta-da, you know, like, hey, guys. And everyone would kind of like straighten up and they'd, you know, they'd be quiet. And I was like, oh, thank God. You know, like I got these angels in my class who are actually like sticking up for me. It was great. One time I had some students acting up and they were just getting on my last nerve. So I pulled up IMDb quotes and like I think it was from like uh, Star Wars, like Darth Vader saying you've. You've disappointed me for the last time, and I wrote it on the board, and then I had them write that over and over until class ended. Oh wow! <laughs> like just, just just copy this quote. Learn something. Yeah, yeah. And the last the last thing for me is pretty much I teach a lot of elementary school kids now, so we'll say ten years old to thirteen. It's the common age, and uh, basically I make friends with all of the students. I'm different than all the other teachers in my school, especially like Korean teachers and stuff. I know that the kids know it, so I kind of make it like we're kind of friends. And I can do the whole, like like Phil was saying, oh, I, don't, I never have to yell. I never have to raise my voice in class because I can just look disappointed and the kids feel bad. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's a smart ass in the, in the class, I can just like look like I'm so disappointed. Oh, dude, it's, yeah. It's all acting, but, and the kid will just feel super bad. Oh, I've, I've gone up. Because I'm, I'm buddies with the biggest shithead in the class to the, you know, the nerdiest kid in the class. Yeah. We're all friends. I've done things where I could walk up behind a student and just put my hand on his shoulder when he's being unruly, and he'll be like, all right, time, to, time to stop this. Don't touch, don't, me. don't touch me, white devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I avoid all that now. Yeah. I just, I have a barrier zone. I try to keep, I just, not because anything is wrong or anything like that. I just don't want to. Do you guys have any students that like still contact you? Like maybe like once they finish your course? Oh, I've seen, I've seen kids on the street and like they come up to me and they'll be like, Adam teacher. And I don't remember them because I've gone through hundreds of kids at this point. But like, I'll just smile and be like, oh, you know, how you doing? How's, how's middle school or how's high school? Sometimes some of them are in high school now, you know, like. It's even weirder for me because I have students that I taught that are in their in college now mid twenties that are oh yeah you got guys who are like super hot working at LG now like I got a request on Facebook and like holy smokes who's this girl it's like oh man I taught her like big disappointment uh, is that weird like it's weird yeah yeah. I don't I typically I don't add students to social media or anything like that. I mean, let's face it. I'm an easy person to find online. Yeah, yeah. With, with, a big all, digital with, all, with all this stuff, and yeah, and I mean, I have a couple little kids every Monday come in and like teach us. I watched you on YouTube this weekend. Like, oh god! <laughs> like all the drunk trailer reviews. Oh drunk. man! And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I watched that movie too. <laughs> They're like, who's your friend Adam with the toilet mouth? <laughs> Teacher, I learned a new word. <laughs> but it's all strange. I mean, there's a, there's a new Korean teacher at my school. And uh, shout out to Claire. It's the first time I use that word. Oh, shout out. It's rubbing off because of you guys. Hashtag but, uh, Claire. When I first came to Korea, she was 11 years old. So technically, I could have been her teacher when I first came to Korea. So it's a bit weird in terms of there's definitely a lot of kids I've taught in this country that are 
Time flies, man, when you're having fun, right? Yeah. That are, uh, can easily walk up to me in a bar now and, hey, Teacher Scott. That would, can that I buy, would blow can my I, mind. Can I buy a drink? That would blow my I mind. Hope. If I had a student come up to me and be like, I'll buy you a shot, I'll be like, oh, God. I've been here so long. It's common with adults. I mean, there's a big difference teaching adults. When I taught adults in Gen Hay, uh, not a problem because I was into it when I was younger was all these adult students, all they really wanted to do was go out and have drinks yeah, man. throughout the week. When I when I used to teach at companies, they'd take me out for huishik, you know, like the oh, yeah, staff yeah. dinners. And I remember going in like the next lesson and they'd be sitting there and they'd be like, Adam, you're you're like a different person when you drink, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you put add alcohol. And a yeah. lot of a lot of the students I had in Gen A because it was at a company. All these mostly, uh, I mean, they're all men, really. You know, they're living in the company apartments there. Yeah. So during the week, they just want to go out and have drinks. It's fun though, right? Because like, they would go home on weekends and oh yeah, spend time with their families. And but they get they, messy, they were man. Free, you know. They mean? get like, messy, dude. Like when they get into the somic and all that yeah. stuff, like those bombs. Keep pouring your glasses. Oh, God, I uh, I taught a. So when I do the kids camp in the summer and winter, I also have a civilian course. The kids are in, like nine o'clock in the morning, and the civilians maybe two o'clock. Just and so I had one class last winter. And it was just Ajimas. Like, it was an advanced level class, like conversation class. And it was all Ajimas. And there was one high school kid. But these Ajimas, they were the nicest people. Yeah. They took me out for dinners. They, uh, like, after after the course was over, it was my birthday. So they took me out to get some bosom. And it was awesome. Oh, Ajimas are brilliant, man. Like, I was sick once during the course. And this lady brought Bude Jige, like, to go yeah. for me. And w- another lady, she... <laughs> So it was before class. She was uh, sneaking into her husband's liquor cabinet to bring me a bottle of uh, Johnny Walker Black. Mm-hmm. And like, so she, she didn't think anyone was home, but she was sneaking anyways. And she took the bottle and put it in her bag. And her daughter walks up to her, I guess, teenage daughter. And she's like, Mom, what are you doing? She's like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to English class. And she's like, Mom, I saw you with the liquor bottle. And so we're like joking around with her. Oh, like, yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Joking around with her, telling telling her like her, her kid probably thinks you're in the park right now drinking out of the <laughs> bottle, smoking cigarettes. And, you know, no offense. Anyway, jumping back to, you know, controlling the classroom. So, Phil, you've got the whole disappointment look on the face type yeah. thing. Just, just silence scares them. And Adam's, yours was... Uh, I mean, if you're working in a public school, talk to their homeroom teacher. I mean, that homeroom so, teacher will scare the living daylights out of them. And using the Korean teachers, you also had the, you mentioned the point system. Yeah. And the self-policing classroom type idea. Yeah. I mean, if you get kids on your side, especially the popular ones, they're going to stick up for you. And the the troublemakers, they will take that into account and they'll be like, all right. I did have one class last year that I'm so glad that it's finished because these grade six kids, it was one grade six class and they had no respect for me. And I tried my hardest, you know, I tried, it was the worst class I've ever taught in my whole life. And I've been teaching, you know, like I said, on and off for 10 years now. It broke you. And yeah, they broke me. And I remember like our last lesson, I looked at them and I was like, today's our last lesson. And I'm so glad that I never have to teach you guys again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I walked in. I had a co-teacher who was uh, like always saying that he'll last last class day we'll have a pizza party and the kids were like looking forward to it and stuff. So on the last day, he 
brought in two boxes of pizza, and when the kids opened it up, there were tests. Oh, man. <laughs> what's really messed up is... Oh, that, that's cool. That's cool. That's, I like that. Because he did like the class. So what's messed up is he ate two pizzas to, to make this joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, genius. Genius. Yeah. I got to use that. Shout out Bobby Dormer. There you go. All right. My couple tricks were, again, the page number on the class. <laughs> You know, whatever you want to accomplish in the class, write it on the board and erase it when it's finished and just tell them, hey, whatever we don't erase is homework and the point system, basically. And like Phil said, the whole being friends and looking disappointment type thing. Or bluffing that you're going to call their father, even though I don't speak enough Korean to talk to him. And another another one I wanted to mention was uh, the games. If you if you make really good fun games that the kids enjoy and if they mess around and you say no game today that's you know that will that will have them you know you guys have a go-to game that you like to break out uh yeah i mean there's there's basic ones like pass the ball where like you know play music oh, t- t- tell us more about this <laughs> all right well pass, play pass the ball pass the ball is hilarious like you know there's just music plays and then like once the once the music stops they look at the tv and they have to like say the key expression and it's funny because they're all trying to get rid of the ball right like yeah. it's like hot potato kind of thing yeah. and you know there's there's various things on org that you can find like i've made a few games myself that are really fun especially if you make them geared towards like video games that are popular at the moment like i made one based on overwatch mm-hmm. and i've made other ones like league of legends and all that stuff so like so the kids get really excited about those kind of things and if you if you decide to omit it because one or two kids are being dicks, then like they'll be like, "All right, we can't do this anymore." You know, like we can't. I have this intermediate. I have this intermediate class I'm teaching currently, and so I'm teaching their uh, interview class. You know, I'll write questions on the board, and they have to answer them using the grammar topic, whether it's prepositions or gerunds. And then, so we always have time at the end. And so one day, I just introduced them the game. Go fish. Like I have these special decks yeah, yeah. where it has like English phrases, and you know, one one game we do is matching. So I'll I'll put all the the cards on the table, and then they have to find it, you know, or just actually play go fish. And these guys love it. I'm talking about fifty year old uh, chief petty officer, you know, in the in the Marines. Like he's like teacher. Let's go fishing, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just hilarious. Like That's cool, you man. guys are, you guys are old men, and you like, and they cheat too. Like I catch them cheating all the time. Oh, like, I could, I could go on about games for hours, but I mean, like if you're teaching kids, if you put boys against girls, oh yeah, the That's, competitive level goes up to yeah. like a hundred and ten percent. Like they, they really, really want to win. Each other. They really want to win. Yeah. You know, on both sides. I don't really play any games. I'm not known as the uh, game teacher in the school. But when I do, I play something, I think we ended up calling it the speed game. So you have two teams, you split the class in teams. Yeah. Two kids go up to the whiteboard and put their back to the whiteboard. Okay. So they're not looking at the whiteboard. Oh, this is like hot seat or? It's just like charades really. Yeah. So, and the other two teams are standing in front of their teammate and I write something on the board like Apple mm. and the, each team has to you know like charades describe what the word is without using the word the, the two kids have to say what it is and yeah. it oh, says it first like taboo. Point. yeah no yeah yeah, that's yeah a, it's a very there's variation the, of a lot of yeah we call it games. we call it hot seat hot seat's pretty good so that's about it but i don't really do 
two games. Yeah. Scott oh, went school because of recess. He doesn't play. Yeah. And what, when I do have a couple minutes to kill, I'll just put like S on the board and like, all right, point to a kid. Give me an S word. Yeah. There you go. Shit. And, and they'll say shit. Yeah. So I'll write I'll write shit on the board. Then the last letter T. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's ne- fine. Ne- next kid T. Yeah. And they have to as long as we get through the entire class twice, all things are good. You know? yeah. There you go. Another good game is uh, trying to play categories, where you give them a printed out sheet of different topics like boy's name, girl's name, uh, celebrities, you know, colors, and then you write down. Like a, a letter on the board. Oh, they have to give you like five cate- five yeah. examples of each. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. I've heard of that as well. But I've had I, I I have a massive list of like twenty different topics, and so they never finish it in five minutes. But I let them pair up or boys versus girls, so you can get the most. And, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, I don't really play games to be honest. I always give the kids are always living on hope that someday. Teacher Scott will do an activity in class. Or bring pizza boxes of tests. It never comes, you know what I mean? But uh, anyway, is there any other advice that you would give new teachers out there in terms of not necessarily like controlling the classroom, but what to expect? Well, I mean, uh, when I did work at a Hogwan, you know, my hours from three to eight, three to nine. So you got to empathize with these kids. They've, they've been in school all day just to go to school again. They don't really have much free time. So I was a little more relaxed on students and, you know, I, I didn't have as much expectations or pressure for them to perform. So just, you know, take it easy. These, these kids are, are here to learn, but you know, this is their, this is their after school. Yeah. You know, what, what time do you work? Oh, I teach uh, nine to five basically. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, have, and I during the summer camp, this is their this is their summer and winter vacations, and these kids have to get up every morning at nine a.m. to take a take a van. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm on, I'm in, I understand, but I mean, like you gotta you gotta put your foot down on those first couple lessons, or else they're gonna be, they're gonna fucking walk all over you, man. Find the biggest kid, you know, beat his ass. Well, don't don't bitch. beat anyone up. <laughs> don't scream and yell and shit. But I mean, make it make it clear that you're not one to mess with. You know, like that's I think that's essential, and you got to do that within the first couple lessons. You guys ever if had you let it slide? Sorry. They're just gonna laugh at you. You know, you have any students cry? Yeah, yeah, I've had a couple. I've never actually made them cry. I've had their homeroom teachers make them cry, but like. I've never made a student cry. I, right. It's not in my nature. I try to make them laugh, if anything, you know. Yeah. This week or? Just in general. Uh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you always have yeah. You have kids crying. Nosebleeds is common. You know, you're always going to have a kid that suddenly starts the gushing nose. Yeah. yeah. Don't know what that is. I don't know if that's stress here or what. The nose just starts bleeding? Or yeah. I don't stress? remember. Being that age in particular, you know, having that many nosebleeds and stuff like that. The only thing I can recommend is when you first come here, you know, if whether it's a hogwan or a public school, everybody, especially whoever the head people are and other teachers are going to be throwing information at you. And it's too much to take in Yeah, when you first get here and everything is weird. You're in a new environment, a new place. The only thing I can recommend is almost every textbook or whatever you're going to do, just keep in mind two or three pages of class, and that'll cover almost every school curriculum in terms of 
you know, this book is four months, this book is three months, do two or three pages of class and keep in mind, nothing has to be like exact, you know what I mean? I don't need to prepare for a class. I'm not saying I don't. You can give me any book. I can walk into a classroom and teach it for an hour, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, two hours. Yeah, it gets to a point where you can... You can I do know it on a whim. two or three pages, you know, it could be a page about whatever and has every book almost has images and stuff. But I, you know, you can just be like, all right, hey, what color shirt is this guy wearing? So you're basically saying, like, don't overthink things. Just go with the flow kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And everything comes to you within, you know, a month or two. Yeah. Like kids yeah. names and stuff like that. Yeah. Just it's going to be an overflow of information right. when you first get here everything well and another good thing to think about is not every class is going to be the same so you need to be able to adapt to certain situations say if you're in a classroom with no one no one's talking use that to your advantage you know if they don't want to talk as much you know maybe have them read more or have you know but if you have a a chatty class you know open up to conversation at the end you know Mm -hmm. you can't you can't teach the same style to every student you know you need to be uh, you need to evolve your your style for each class because you don't know who's coming in. Yeah, for sure. Oh, show. Oh, show. Get that for show. All right, we're going to wrap things up on that. So uh, if people want to get in touch with any of us, Adam, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, I'm on Facebook, Adam Maxwell Ken. I'm also on Instagram. Ever stalwart. Ever stalwart. And I'm also... Available at adam at changwaner.com. And Phil, Phil, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm on Facebook as well, Philip Wayne Stanley. Um, Instagram, Phil Way Stan, and at phil at changwaner.com. Also, I got a special shout out to a longtime listener, Kirsten Orloff from Canada. She uh, was listening to the show before she came to Korea. Good friend of mine. Excellent beer pong partner. So. Kirsten, I hope we can have her on as a guest at some point. I think she's a little shy. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk her into it. So have a good day, Kirsten. All right. And if people want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me anywhere, social media at Changwaner or at scott at changwaner.com via email. I just want to re- remind people that we're planning on doing an episode where we'll be answering listeners' questions or comments or anything like that. So if you have any questions or comments you'd like to send to us regarding Korea or you know individually or whatever you'd like to ask us, send it to podcast at changwaner.com. And I also want to give a special shout-out to a friend of all of ours, I think. A friend that uh, is going to be moving to Canada in the next coming weeks. The One of the co-owners of Biscacci, Matt. Jay Youngman. Yes, he's been on the podcast before. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes for this episode. But yeah, so he's having a, his farewell party this coming Saturday. And uh, thanks to that, it means I got to go out again this coming week. Y'all better show up and buy him a drink because Matt's a fucking great guy. Yeah. So he's him and his family are moving to Canada, which is, I wouldn't say strange, but, you know, his, his wife is not Canadian. But I think she's going to university or He something. studied there for a year, I think. He lived in Vancouver. That's right. She's from Brazil. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they have their their son together but anyway they decided to move to canada they're moving to halifax i think you guys know what biscotti means in portuguese 
Yeah, it means bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been on the podcast before, so we've covered all that stuff. I love you, Matt. Matt, you're but, a bitch. Uh, so, yeah, anybody in the area, you know, stop by Biscacci this coming Saturday. And don't pay your tab. Well. Never pay your tab. Or start a new one mm. and then take off. <laughs> take off to Canada. <laughs> Leave it up to James. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to order, like, drinks to everybody. Yeah. This round's on me. Ring the bell. Five shots, everybody, and don't go back. <laughs> no. No, anyway. He's, he's a good guy. We've done a lot of charity work together. We did the Star Wars thing two years ago. <coughs> We did the NC Dinos thing with uh, Eric Thames. A lot of charity work. And we've always done the Christmas... Uh, fundraiser? Fundraiser toys for orphanages. Mm-hmm. and He's surprisingly a nice person. Yeah. Even though every time I see him, he makes fun of my eyes. So anyway, he's leaving, so I just want to give a shout-out. Want to take your monster eyeballs. Second time in my life I've, I've used the, the word shout-out. Yeah. So shout-out to Matt. And uh, again, we're going to be launching a couple of apps and hopefully by the end of this month. Shout out to App Store. Yeah. So you'll be able to find that on either App Store, what is it, Google Play or iTunes. So uh, we'll post something, I imagine, when they're available and ready to go. That will be it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Changwater Podcast and would like to remind you to please share, like, rate, comment, or leave any kind of feedback you like on iTunes or website or whatever media you are listening to us on. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast or have anything to promote on the show regarding the Changwon area, please email us at podcast at changwoner.com or get in co- contact with us via any social media. Tune in for next week's episode, and then, until then, remember, please share and become a Changwoner today. 10-4, good buddy. Catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Changwoner Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. 